as we welcome in Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, good morning, Ben. Welcome to Sports 1440. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. First off, what was it like Sunday with the Chris Chelios uh, uh, jersey retirement and then the Patrick Kane overtime winner? What was it like in the building? Yeah, that was uh, certainly a memorable day. And, uh, I mean, obviously it's been a tough season in terms of wins and losses. So uh, it was refreshing to have a game that, that felt like it really meant a lot. And um, obviously the attendance has been pretty solid all year, but that was a particularly strong crowd, over 1,000 over uh, the official sellout uh, number. And um, just the, the ovations for Kane and for Chelios and the, the storybook way the game ended and everything is it, uh it was it was a really you know fun memorable game and then otherwise pretty ho hum season so uh, definitely cool to to be there for that one yeah just the the reaction at the end to see you know with Patrick Kane playing so many years there sixteen three cups and to see the uh, the fans get behind him it must have been uh, just uh, the emotions were just uh, really over you know the percolating and just boiling over yeah it's certainly probably the first time ever that uh a player who's just scored the o t winner against the Blackhawks received uh cheers and uh support like that um just the you know the Hawks had quite a few chances to win that game um earlier in overtime Seth Jones had several by himself and um to then have all those saved and then Reimer. Uh, stop them and then it goes back the other way and you're trying to figure out for a split second who it is on the breakaway and then oh yes it's Patrick Kane of course mm-hmm. um, and uh, it comes in it just feels like a sure thing that he's going to score I mean we've seen him do this uh, a million times and um, Morazic obviously has some familiarity with him but the, even that really doesn't help too much he yeah. just picks the corner uh, makes it look so easy and then uh, obviously the uh, there's a bit of shock in the building. Uh, people have said initially, but then realizing themselves that it's Kane um, turned into a lot of cheers, and uh, a lot of the crowd stuck around to give him a, a fourth ovation after that. So definitely kind of a one of a kind thing at all. I can't imagine that's ever happened before at the United Center. Ah, uh, yeah, so cool. Ben Pope, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 from the Chicago Sun Times. Uh, I guess one of your most recent articles, uh, Ben, with uh, a former Oiler, Andreas Athanasiu, uh, injured uh, for a good part of the season, but close to coming back. Give us the genesis of your article and uh, where the Double A uh, stands when returning to the lineup. Well, it's been a really long stretch for him. He hasn't played since uh, November 9th, which is 47 games missed and counting. And uh, he just kind of fell awkwardly in Tampa that night. It didn't seem like uh, anything major, but he tweaked something in his groin. And obviously he has a history uh, of issues with that. And uh, he was supposed to resume skating about a month later, but then uh, wasn't progressing and ended up seeing a doctor who had helped him when he was with the Kings a few years back. And, did an MRI and found out the true extent of the issue. So, yeah, it's been almost four months now, um, which has obviously been really frustrating for him. He was talking about how he couldn't really do much other than just kind of sit on his couch and, and dwell on it mentally and uh, had some, some tough times and bad thoughts with that uh, just because he wasn't able to skate. And obviously his whole game, his whole life really is kind of predicated on skating. So he really opened up about the, the psychological toll of it. But um he was able to resume skating finally uh, in February 10th, I believe, and um, is now back to full practices with the team. He had a second practice yesterday out of the non-contact jersey, and he doesn't have an f- official date yet picked out for his return, but it seems like within the next week mm-hmm. or two, 
hopefully he'll be able to get back to action and then have maybe six weeks before the end of the season to try to get a little bit of rhythm back and, and go into the off season on the high. Obviously a tough year for him, but he is under contract for next season. So he does kind of have a ready-made opportunity to, to bounce back from this. How tough was it uh, for him mentally, Ben? Because I guess, you know, we focus on the physical part of it a lot, but sometimes we forget about the mental uh, aspect of it as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what he was what he was saying. Um, it's just kind of go to the rink and work out and then try to, you know, improve and rehab, but that's only for, you know, a couple hours. And then you go home and you just kind of sit around and just think about uh, how unfortunate it is and how unlucky it is and, uh, how much it, it hurts all the time, always aching, always nagging, kind of impossible to ignore. And uh, that was really weighing on him for several months there, uh, especially as the team has been losing and has had a ton of other injury issues, knowing that uh, he'd love to be helping, but he couldn't. And uh, I think the uncertainty of the timeline, too, like uh, most injuries such as Bedard's, I mean, you get an exact timeline and you know once you wait those four weeks, the six weeks, whatever it is, you'll be back in action. And for him, not really knowing how long it would take, I think was an added uh, source of, of anxiety. Ben Pope, Chicago Sun-Times uh, writer, our guest on Sports 1440. Let's talk about this Blackhawks defense, uh, uh, Ben. I, I don't think I can ever recall um, four players on entry-level contracts starting on defense. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if uh, there's ever a stat been done on this, but to have four out of the six basically playing right now, it's truly remarkable. Uh, your thoughts on how the Blackhawks roll out these young guys on ELCs, drafted and developed, uh, and they do it every, every night. Uh, just what do you think about how remarkable that is? Well, and the, the funny thing is Wyatt Kaiser, who was who's a rookie, um, was initially in the lineup the first few months, and they determined he wasn't quite ready yet for this level. So he's down in the AHL now. So there have been five guys, obviously the others being Korchinski, Vlasic, Crevier and Phillips, uh, five guys in entry-level contracts who have played significantly on this defense. And, um, and then of the two veterans, really, uh, right now, um, it was going to be Seth Jones and Connor Murphy, but Murphy's been out more than a month with injury. So it's Jacob Megna, who they only picked up off on waivers at the start of January from Seattle. So uh, they have really pieced this defense together. And I think they knew going in with the inexperience that it was going to be a learning curve for a lot of them, and they would be making mistakes and having to learn from those, and it would be kind of a trial by fire for a lot of these young guys, especially Korchinski and Vlasic, who were their two top defensive prospects and guys that they think can be top four guys for a very long time for this franchise. But, I mean, we've seen them improve quite a bit. Uh, it's certainly you know not one of the better defenses in the league, but um, since the new year, really kind of since Bedard's injury initially, uh, they have been better defensively, and, and Mrazek has been a big part of that too, but uh, they've been allowing fewer chances, fewer goals, and while the, the bar is pretty low, I mean, they were arguably the worst defense in the league um, up until the new year. Um, we have seen some improvement, which is kind of what you would hope to see from, from such a young group, and Vlasic in particular has been uh, really stellar this year, one of the biggest bright spots of the team, and uh, he's uh, six. Six, he has long reach. He breaks up a lot of plays. We've also seen him make some, some really good plays in possession, some great stretch passes. And 
he looks like a guy who potentially could be a top pairing guy for a really long time. So that's a, a big thing to be excited about here. Yeah, you know, Alex Vlasic has just been remarkable this year. We, we've had Troy Murray on several times, uh, and he kind of got us onto him at the very start of the season. He said, keep an eye on this guy. He's just been uh, – he's a big body. Every time he's played here, he's he's had to play against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but he has been really uh, having, a, having a great, great season. Uh, so he's just one of those pieces of the puzzle there. As far as uh, how busy you think that uh, GM Kyle Davidson will be at the deadline, what are your thoughts on the prospects of moving a couple players out like uh, a Colin Blackwell or, or a Jared Tenorti? Your thoughts on that, Ben? I mean, they're expected to be a lot quieter than they have been the past few years, and that's partly because they've been really, really busy the past two years at the deadline, making a lot of moves, obviously, for to accelerate this rebuild. But um, this year probably be a lot quieter, but we still could see you know one or two trades go down. Uh, you mentioned Blackwell. Uh, I think Tyler Johnson might be able to get a little bit of interest. Obviously, these aren't going to be sought-after targets, but uh, if a contender wants to add some grit, some experience, Johnson obviously brings the two cups with the lightning and uh, Blackwell has, has been pretty solid. He's really kind of an energizer bunny out there. He can kill penalties, deliver hits, that sort of thing. And he's had a few goals lately as well. So if a contender wants to give up, you know, a third, fourth, fifth round pick, I think there'd be a discussion there. Um, it's not like it's going to cost a lot to, to get those guys. And then I think the other thing that the Davidson will look at is, the opportunity to to maybe help out a team with a cap crunch and uh, the Blackhawks have the most salary cap space in the league. They can yeah. basically add unlimited salary the rest of the year and he's not going to want to make any long-term commitments uh, not past 2026 for sure and ideally not past 2025. Um, so some of the worst contracts out there might not be um, he might not be willing to take on, but uh, in terms of a short-term salary dump or even just being a facilitator taking on 25% in the, as a third-party team in a bigger trade, I think he would be open to that as well. That's really the biggest asset the Blackhawks have right now is that gap space. Uh, ben, how tough was it to have Connor Bedard out, not just on the ice, but you know, you're trying to build and you're trying to uh, move forward and you're, you want to keep... Uh, you know, that snowball moving as far as, you know, where, where the franchise is. Everyone knows it's a rebuild, but to, to have him out, you know, you saw all the buzz at the start of the year, and then maybe there wasn't as much Blackhawk buzz, if you want to call it that, when he was gone. Uh, what's that kind of been like for you? Well, yeah, that's uh, close to six-week stretch. Uh, I mean, that was, it was pretty bleak. Uh, <laughs> this team doesn't have a lot of talent, particularly offensively, other than him, and uh, just kind of a slog of every single night, zero goals or one goal or every once in a while, two goals. I mean, it was very, very tough for them to produce offense. And uh, it just felt like every game kind of didn't really matter. And uh, there wasn't much success to to hang your hat on. And obviously a really tough stretch for everybody. Um, just waiting for him to come back and just kind of going through the motions every game, knowing that they didn't really have much of a chance. And, Obviously, even with him back, they're still going to lose most of the games, uh, but uh, there's still a lot more to be interested in just every time he touches the puck, every shift. Um, it, it's interesting, and you could see him make a move that he hasn't done before or, or you know, figure something out in terms of his development. It feels like it matters a little bit more every time he's on the ice. And uh, we've seen that, I mean, even a game last week against Philadelphia, 
He had a one-on-one rush against Nick Sealer, and he didn't end up scoring. Sealer defended it pretty well, but Bedard tried this kind of offensive stick lift where he whacked Sealer's stick even while he had the puck, and that was a first for him, something I hadn't seen too much before, and interesting to just even pick up little things like that as he gains confidence. So it really does make such a difference having Bedard uh, in the lineup just in terms of making everything more interesting, not only just his, his production in terms of goals yeah. and assists. <laughs> way, way more eyeballs on the games, too. Uh, hey, Ben, thanks for doing this. I appreciate your time, uh, and uh, have a great day. We'll talk soon. Thanks for this. Yep, thank, thanks for having me.